All right, church family, let's get in God's word together. Grab a seat and uh, turn in your Bibles to Matthew 21, verses 18 through 22. Matthew 21, 18 through 22. And if you're visiting with us and didn't bring a Bible, all good. Just uh, if you have your phone, just Google Matthew 21, 18 through 22. And uh, you can follow along with us. The title of the sermon today is Fruitfulness. Fruitfulness, all right? Uh, Jesus has done some really surprising things um, when eternal God the Son was here on earth. And we've been going through the Gospel of Matthew, and we've seen him, like last week, we've seen him flip tables with righteous anger in the temple. And in our brief passage today, before four baptisms, woo woo, excited about that? Can't wait. Uh, and we're going to keep it short today in, in God's word, okay? I know y'all are like, why is he, what? You know, I know you're not actually like that because we love God's word here. But um, uh, in our brief passage today, um, Jesus withers a tree. Jesus withers a tree. And we're going we're gonna to learn um, why he did that and um, what's up with that and what he's teaching us. So personally, if I had the power to just wither a tree at will or to wither anything, let's, let's just remove tree for a second. If I had the power um, to wither stuff, I, I would do it in ungodly ways. Just confession, right? Uh, I would, uh, something would frustrate me and I'd be like, wither, right? And I'd be grumpy for no reason that anyone understands. I don't really understand why I'm grumpy sometimes. And I'd just be like, wither, 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 right? Everything that frustrates me, I would wither it. And thankfully, Jesus's emotions never got the best of him. And thankfully, he is teaching us something really important about faith in this passage as it relates to fruitfulness in prayer. So here's here's the big idea from just these five verses that we're going to be in for a few minutes today. The big idea is we bear fruit when we have faith and when we pray. We bear fruit when we have faith and when we pray. So from Jesus, we're going to see three clear desires that he has for us while we're still here before we are in heaven with him. And the first one is this, that we bear fruit, bear fruit, right? From verses 18 through 19, Jesus's desire for us while we're here before heaven is to bear fruit. So look at verses 18 through 19. It says, in the morning, he was, as he was returning to the city, he became hungry, And seeing a fig tree by the wayside, he went to it and found nothing on it but only leaves. And he said to it, may no fruit ever come from you again. And the fig tree withered at once. Right now, uh, Jesus was not throwing what what my mom would call a a hissy fit, all right? (laughs) Jesus was not throwing a hissy fit. And all of us have been hangry before, right? You're, You're hungry and that makes you angry. All of us have been hangry before. And so, you know, when that happens, there's a little problem and it, it makes us hangry. So we say ridiculous things like, ah, the, the cereal's stale. You know, why is the universe against me? Cancel cereal, right? Like we get hangry and we say ridiculous things like that. And obviously Jesus didn't wither the fig tree because he was hangry. So why did he wither the fig tree? Why did Jesus wither the fig tree? It's because it wasn't bearing fruit like it was planted to do. It wasn't bearing fruit like it was planted to do. And who in that moment did that illustrate? In that scene that we just read in verses 18 through 19, it illustrated leaders and people back then. And they lived their lives in a hollow manner. They were hollow rather than living hallowed be thy name. 
And Jesus knew it, and he's calling them out on it, using a fig tree to do so. So, so before we keep going here, I want to point out three things that we see about Jesus right here, three really critical things that we see about Jesus' character. Number one is he has authority over nature. He has authority over nature. We've seen that multiple times in the Gospel of Matthew, just a few. He can calm the storms. He can turn water to wine. He has authority over nature. He is the Son of God. He is the Lord of Lords. He's the King of Kings. He has authority over nature. The second thing is that he is the judge of the living and the dead. He's the judge of the living and the dead. And the judge wants to save you. The judge wants to save you, right? He knows what's going on inside a person, And he knows whether you're saved or not. And the very reason that he came to earth out of heaven, he's eternal God. He comes out of heaven for 33 years so that he can put on human flesh, the weakness of human flesh, and that he could offer himself as a sacrifice for sin so that by believing in him, we can be saved from the penalty of our sin. That's what he's doing. So so the judge who knows judgment is coming comes down because the judge wants to save you. And so we see in this passage that he is judge of the living and the dead. So the urge here is give your life to Jesus if you haven't yet. Place your faith in him for the forgiveness of sins and be saved in, for all eternity. The third thing that we see here in this passage is the design of God that we bear fruit. His design for us is that we would bear fruit. It's why we're still here. It's why we, are, we Christians are headed to heaven and it's why we're not there yet because God wants us to get some things done for his glory here before he takes us to heaven. So as the fruit or lack of fruit is evidence of the health of a fruit tree, so the fruit or the lack of fruit uh, is evidence of the health of a person or the people of God. And Jesus is illustrating that here in this passage. Jesus said in John 15, 8, really critical verse, super helpful. John 15, 8, he says, by this, my father is glorified that you bear much fruit and so prove to be my disciples, right? God is glorified by that and it proves that we're his disciples when we bear fruit. So the question for us is, are we bearing fruit? The question for you is, are you bearing fruit? And then, you know, if we're really thinking about that, we gotta answer, well, what is the fruit, right? What is the fruit? I, I don't think I, I'm supposed to produce figs, right? So, so what is the fruit, right? What is the fruit that God wants us to be bearing as Christians? And I think a simple way to think about this is, is the three major commands that Jesus gives in the New Testament, and it's our church culture here at Harvest Raleigh. It's, it's loving God, loving one another, and loving others. So loving God is, is this fruit, right? So the question is, do we love God? Do you love God? And it makes sense, right? If you have been saved by grace through faith in Jesus Christ, the fruit of that is loving God. You're like, God saved me. I'm a sinner. I'm dead in my sins. He saved me, so I love him. And you love God with all your heart and all your mind and all your soul and all your strength. That is a fruit of a changed life. And people can see that and you know that and you know it's hallowed be thy name rather than hollow. The second one is loving one another. Question being, do we love one another? Do you love one another? If yes, that's evidence that we're getting over ourselves and instead we're focusing on the people that God has given us, that God has put around us, that Jesus has saved just like he's saved us, caring for and helping one another mature as God's people, loving one another And then the third fruit is loving others. 
Question being, are we loving others? Are you loving others? Is that fruit happening in your life? We once were others, right? We weren't, we hadn't received God's mercy yet. We were once not a people, now we are a people. So we wanna love others and bring them to the Lord as well. And so we wanna be reaching out. We wanna be doing great ministry, light giving ministry in this broken and lost world. So first thing Jesus gives us in this passage is bear fruit. Here's the second And it's a means by which to bear fruit. And it's this, it's have faith. It's have faith from verses 20 through 21. So how do we bear fruit? Number one, Jesus is gonna give us two things. Number one is we have faith. So here's 20, verse 20 first. It says, when the disciples saw it, it meaning Jesus withered a tree, they saw the withered fig tree, they marveled saying, how did the fig tree wither at once? Right? Now, as we go through the Gospel of Matthew, I just, I, I really think there are multiple comic moments, hilarious moments in the Gospels, and this is one of them. This is a funny moment. The disciples weren't like, what must Jesus be illustrating, right? They weren't thinking that at all, right? Yet, by now, they should kind of know, and we should kind of know, he's on to something, he's teaching us something, he just did that, he doesn't just willy-nilly do things, right? There's a purpose, that he's pointing us towards something, it's always himself, but he's helping identify something in them that can build them up toward faith in him. So instead of saying, what must Jesus be illustrating? They were like, whoa, how'd he do that, right? (laughs) Right? They're like, how did the fig tree wither at once? And like, it's kind of astounding. They've seen Jesus do so many miracles at this point. And he does another one and they're like, how'd he do that, right? And Jesus is like, I'm God, right? And, and his disciples, they're, they're, they're still figuring it out. And it, it just points out, we human beings are, are easily entertained and often miss the point, don't we? Right? We are easily entertained and often miss the point. And sometimes we just straight up want the power to do stuff like wither things. And we're unwilling to recognize that Jesus is teaching us something really important here. Jesus knows that we're easily entertained and we miss the point. So his grace, as always, is so evident. He spends some time to teach us what's up um, and he's giving us, he's teaching us that we have two tools. The first one is faith and the second one is prayer in order to bear fruit. So look at verse 21. Jesus' answer to them, Jesus answered them, truly I say to you, if you have faith and do not doubt, You will not only do what has been done to the fig tree, but even if you say to this mountain, be taken up and thrown into the sea, it will happen. That is quite a statement from our Lord, isn't it? The disciples heard it, and it's kind of interesting that he said it that way, especially after they were just kind of thinking like, I want this power, right? So, so we all know faith can move mountains. All of us have heard that before, right? Just nod your heads with me. All of us have heard faith can move mountains, The question is, do we believe that? Do we believe that? And that's exactly what Jesus is pointing out here. It's exactly what he wants them to understand, that faith can move mountains. But Jesus isn't writing a formula for us. We read this passage and we misinterpret it in bad ways when we're like, verse 21 is a formula. And the formula would go something like, faith plus zero doubt equals new car, right? Like, that is not what Jesus is teaching. And and all of us would agree with that. We would all say, how ridiculous is that? But there are people that have built entire theologies around that, like this name it, claim it thing. And and then they're like disappointed with Jesus when they don't get a new car. And I'm like, that's not what Jesus was ever saying, right? 
right? He is saying, he is saying, nothing is impossible with God. And he wants us to place our faith in that. Nothing is impossible with God. And he wants us to place our faith in that. So do you? Do you have faith that nothing is impossible with God? Questions are like, do you doubt God and wither? Just think about that. Or do you have faith in God causing the fruits of love and joy and peace and patience and kindness and gentleness and goodness and faithfulness and self-control? The, the fruits of, of personal transformation, the fruits of obedience, the fruits of ministry to others because that's what faith causes within us. But Jesus has something that pairs with faith that he's gonna teach us in this last verse, verse 22, and it's this, to pray boldly, pray boldly. All right, so in order to bear fruit, we gotta have faith, and then because of that faith, we pray boldly. All right, why pray if you don't have faith in something? Right, but when we have faith in the Lord, we pray because we're like, he's the Lord, I'm not, he can do it, I can't. So we have faith, and that faith propels our prayer. So look at verse 22. It says, and whatever you ask in prayer, you will receive if you have faith. Now that does sound formulaic, doesn't it? And it is. It is formulaic. But what creates the boundaries for what we pray is the faith part. Because we have faith, we're not just praying for whatever, We have defined for us what God loves and what he's all about because of knowing him and knowing his word, knowing his heart, and to bear fruit for the Lord's glory, we gotta know what the Lord would call fruit and we gotta know the Lord. So we have faith in that and that faith creates the boundaries from within which we pray and for which we pray. All right, so it's tough to pray with faith towards something evil, right? It's tough to pray with faith towards something evil. Example, holy God, would you open a door that I can lust today? It's clearly not what Jesus is teaching, right? Rather, we pray, holy God, would you deliver me from temptation today? That's faith. That's prayer in what God wants for us, in what God has defined for us, and in who God is and his ability to help us through the temptations that we face. Like Charles was reading from Hebrews 4, 14 through 16 earlier in our worship service. The faith in that prayer, holy God, would you deliver me from temptation today? The faith in that prayer, any prayer like that, the faith is God is holy. The faith is God can deliver. And the prayer is, would you? Would you? The prayer is, help me. You can, I can't. I'm weak, you're strong. Faith plus prayer causes fruit. And it's fruit personally, and it's fruit to others in this world, and it's fruit to one another as a church. Faith plus prayer causes us to bear fruit. The fruit then is a desire for holiness. The fruit is a a focus on God. The fruit is deliverance from evil. This passage is pointing us all toward living lives like this, toward living lives like this. God's work in God's ways for God's glory. 
That's what Jesus is teaching right here. It's what wasn't happening then, and it's what he wants to happen within us disciples. God's work in God's ways for God's glory. That is bearing fruit for the Lord. And I pray that all of us would do that. God's work, he defines that. And then God's ways, he defines that. And then God's glory, he defines that. It's not glory to us. It's glory to him. So a cool thing about this passage is it's, it's all plural. This whole passage, all the verbs in this passage are plural. And that's meaning that Jesus is teaching a group of dis- committed disciples. He's teaching a group of committed disciples to be praying with faith toward bearing fruit. And so right now, we are a group of committed disciples who want to pray with faith toward bearing fruit. We're a church. We're a gathered people out of this world that Jesus is called to himself in order to bring glory to him to bear fruit. And how do we do that? We do that with faith and we do that with prayer. That's how we bear fruit. So what are some things that we, Harvest Raleigh Church, are praying for? And and we know who our faith is in, and we've had to find what is God's heart within his word written down for us. So what are some things that we are praying for? And I want to give you three things, and don't write these down. I mean, you could jot down a note or two, but I've got them in paragraph form, so just hang with me, right? Don't try to write these down. All right, first, what are some things that we're praying for? What is the fruit that we're after toward which we're praying with faith? Number one is that more great disciples would be made through Sundays and through small groups and through serving teams and through students and through kids and through men's and women's ministries toward conversions of their souls, toward baptisms, toward obedient life, toward bearing fruit in this world, right? We have faith that God saves. We have faith that God uses us and uses prayer, right? So baptism today is a fruit of all of that disciple-making ministry. And so we pray, we pray for more of that, Pray for great, healthy disciple-making in our church. Second, pray that we are leading other people to Jesus. And who are those other people? It's our, it's our families, it's our friends, it's our coworkers, it's our classmates, it's our teammates, it's our neighbors. Pray that we would be leading other people to Jesus. And we're like, I can't do that. Exactly. So you add faith. And then you bear fruit. Lord, help me to speak boldly toward a lost person in love and grace so that you, by your power that I have faith in, could change their soul forever, right? We pray for for our sharing of our faith. The third one, and this is just really current and throwing a super current one in here, is that internationals in our city will come to faith in Jesus, Y'all, there's so many people that are moving to Raleigh from all over the world as refugees. And we've seen that in the news. But what's amazing is we've been able to get connected with some of them and groups of them and welcome them into our space here, right? We've been informed by our faith that God loves the nations and he wants to see the nations saved. And so we're, we're inspired by what God has given us in his word. We place our faith that God loves people from all every tongue and tribe and nation, and so we place our faith that God can use us to welcome them. So on December 2nd, we're inviting as many as would come, and we're gonna serve them dinner, and we're gonna welcome them, and people that have never set foot in a church in their life are gonna come in, and they're gonna experience the warmth and the light of Christians who love everybody. 
And y'all, last year, 50 Afghani refugees were in this room and a bunch of their kids. And we served them and we loved them and we fed them and they heard the gospel in Farsi and in Arabic. And five of them came to Jesus and one of them is like on fire right now, living his life for the glory of God and leading other people to Jesus. So thankful for that. So that's one of the things we're praying for as our city, as, our, as a church for our city. Y'all, we bear fruit when we have faith and when we pray. So if you are here today and you are dead in your sins, Jesus can forgive you, Jesus can save you, and in order to be saved and forgiven by Jesus, you place your faith in him and in his sacrifice for you on the cross. He's the perfect God who paid your penalty so that by believing in him, your sins are forgiven. That's what he did for you. And he can save you and he will give you new life. Another one, if you're here today and you're hollow, you're like, man, this, this fig tree this fig tree moment kind of calls me out and, and you're thinking, Lord, thank you for this. Or maybe you're thinking, Lord, this is frustrating, right? I understand, I understand. If you're here today and you're hollow, begin praying that your life can switch to hallowed be your name. Right? And the way you start that is just praise the Lord for who he is. Praise him for his character, for his love for you, for his grace in your life. Even to reveal that to you in this moment, it means he loves you, he cares for you, he has you here today for that reason. Right? And then praise him for what he's doing in your life. Praise him for what he's doing in others' lives. Praise him, hallow his name. That is the way to go from being hollow to fruitful. And third, if you're here today and you're dormant, right? Like you're saved, but you're just dormant. You're like, I don't think I've, I don't think I've really had any fruit in my life in years. May Jesus withering the fig tree be your spring awakening today. That he has you here so that you would bear fruit, so that you are actually able to bear fruit if you place your faith in him afresh and believe he would do it and just lean into his purposes and away from all the other ones that have distracted you and tangled you up for however long it is, right? If you're dormant, may this passage be your spring awakening. And then fourth, if you are bearing fruit, and I think that's the vast majority of our church, praise God, if you are bearing fruit, just recognize that that fruit is from Jesus, amen? It's from him. He's causing that. We know from Corinthians 3, 6, it says that, that we plant and we water, but God causes the fruit. God, God causes the, the growth. I said fruit. God causes the fruit, right? <laughs> God causes the growth. And so give him glory for that. It's not like, oh, I'm the man, I'm the woman because fruit's happening. It's not that. It's like God has done this. He's using me. He's using you. He's using us in this world for his glory. And that is such an awesome privilege. Y'all, Jesus is always doing amazing things, amen? He is always doing amazing things. And some of those amazing things are like flipping tables or withering trees. And we learn things from that. And he teaches us other amazing things are saving souls and changing lives and sending us. Y'all, all of that is pointing us toward following him as Lord and Savior. As we look around and see him doing things in one another's lives, it's pointing us toward him being love and Lord and Savior. As we see in his word all the things that he does, it points us toward us following him as Lord and Savior. So may you, following him as Lord and Savior, be one of the amazing things that he is doing in this world. Amen? Amen. Let's pray together. God, we thank you for this time and for this passage that is so helpful for each of us as we consider who you are and what you've done. And Jesus, there was a moment 
a couple thousand years ago when you were walking by a fig tree on the very same week that you would give your life as our sacrifice for sin and you withered the tree to prove a point and it's that you want us to bear fruit. That's why we're here. And I pray, God, that all of us would be hallowed be thy name people. Would you give us that, God? Would you cause that fruit within our lives, we pray. Thank you for what you're doing. Thank you, Jesus, that you're risen, that you're changing lives. And I pray for anyone here today that doesn't know you, anyone here today that's watching that doesn't know you, that they would place their faith right now in you for the forgiveness of their sins, that they would pray to you, they'd talk to you, they'd confess their sin, they'd place their faith in you that you're listening, that you care and you love them, that you did something to pay the penalty of their sin and give them forgiveness. And that's the cross. It's the resurrection. And that they would be saved today. Would you do that, Lord? We thank you for this church. We thank you for the fruit that you're bearing through this ministry. It is you that is doing that. It is your grace. It is for your glory. And God, for us to kind of receive this formula from you, to pray with faith for fruit is really helpful. And we thank you for that, Lord Jesus. And it's in your name and by the power of your spirit, we pray, amen.